Hello everyone, I'm Adrienne Bloom and I'd like to welcome you to another installment of H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech. Today we'll be looking at a column from our quarter two issue of H2 Tech published in May. This article focuses on marine applications for hydrogen and it's written by Soterios Momalis, who is the manager of sustainability for fuels and technology at the American Bureau of Shipping or ABS in Houston, Texas. So before we get started with the podcast, I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe and share the H2 Tech Talk podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to subscribe. Just search for H2 Tech Talk on iTunes or Blueberry and click the subscribe button. So now let's hear about growth in hydrogen as a cargo and marine fuel. Measures in CO2 reductions are emerging across the globe. With the strong correlation between transport activity and GDP growth, decoupling transport emissions from GDP growth is one of the largest challenges facing industry today. Good progress is being made and a number of evolving technology and energy efficiency measures are available to decrease air pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. However, to succeed in cutting total greenhouse gas emissions, energy efficiency measures alone are not enough. The need exists for low emitting alternative fuels in the decarbonizing journey. One possible near-term solution is hydrogen, a zero carbon fuel that is being considered for use in marine applications. The other zero carbon fuel is ammonia and the production pathway of the two are interlinked. Hydrogen can be produced from many different sources, utilizing conventional or renewable energy which determines the cost for the fuel to the end user, as well as its life cycle carbon footprint. The potential of hydrogen to offer zero emissions power generation and propulsion has made it attractive to various industry sectors and governments worldwide. Countries such as Japan and South Korea have published hydrogen economy roadmaps showcasing ambitious goals. Japan aims to commercialize hydrogen power generation along with international hydrogen supply chains, as well as reduce the unit cost of hydrogen power generation to 16 cents per kilowatt hour by 2030. South Korea is projected to develop a hydrogen market of more than 24 billion by 2030 in an effort to deploy 15 gigawatts of utility scale fuel cells and 2.1 gigawatts of commercial and residential fuel cells by 2040. The EU hydrogen strategy estimates up to 570 billion of investments with Germany, Spain, and France leading the way. Similar initiatives are expected to be announced by other countries and governments in the following years. The wide adoption of hydrogen as a fuel for stationary power generation, automotive, marine, and aviation applications will create an opportunity for the marine sector to carry hydrogen as cargo and support the global supply chain from the production to the consumption sites. However, this opportunity comes with some challenges, primarily associated with the design and construction of liqu liquefied hydrogen carriers, or LHC, the development of port site facilities for hydrogen liquefaction and loading, as well as facilities for hydrogen unloading and storage at the destination terminals. In late 2019, Kawasaki Heavy Industries introduced the first liquefied hydrogen carrier, capable of carrying 1,250 cubic meters of hydrogen, 
over a range of 4,860 nautical miles from Australia to Japan. The Suzio Frontier uses a vacuum insulated double shell cargo tank capable of storing hydrogen at minus 253 degrees Celsius and a diesel electric propulsion system. Kawasaki also partnered with the Port of Hastings in Victoria, Australia to develop the required hydrogen liquefaction and unloading facilities and developed the unloading terminal in Kobe, Japan. The experience and technical know-how gained from LNG carriers will enable the shipping industry to build and operate liquefied hydrogen carriers at an accelerated pace. However, the design and operation of liquefied hydrogen carriers will pose more stringent requirements to the vessel due to the high diffusivity of the fuel and the lower temperatures required for cryogenic storage. The natural boil-off gas from the cargo will enable the vessels to use hydrogen in a fully electric propulsion system based on fuel cells. Such a configuration can, el can eliminate tank-to-wake carbon emissions, increase the efficiency of the vessel, and minimize noise and vibration to improve the habitability of the vessel for the crew. Additional benefits can be realized by zero, emission, zero emissions cold ironing, as well as integration of all the auxiliary systems of the vessel for purely electric operation. For vessels other than liquefied hydrogen carriers, hydrogen storage on board will require 4.6 times larger volume compared to very low sulfur fuel oil, which poses design and operational constraints. The operating profile of such vessels must be tailored to trade routes that offer access to hydrogen bunkering. The International Council on Clean Transportation, or ICCT, recently completed a study on green hydrogen bunkering infrastructure for trans-Pacific container shipping that offers zero carbon life cycle emissions. It investigated the potential to develop liquefied hydrogen storage and bunkering infrastructure at multiple locations from the west coast of the US and Canada and the Aleutian Islands, all the way to Japan, South Korea, and China. By analyzing 2015 operations, they found that the associated ports would need to supply 730,000 tons per year of hydrogen to fuel all the container ships trading in this corridor. This number corresponds to about 1% of the hydrogen used in the industrial sector worldwide in 2019. The ICCT, the ICCT study was based on using 2,500 cubic meter cryogenic spherical tanks for on-site hydrogen storage. Based on the bunkering needs of different ports along the Pacific Rim, the study estimated the required amount of tanks to range from three in East South Korea to 39 in San Pedro Bay, corresponding to less than 1% of the area used in the port in every case. Such studies prove the technical feasibility of hydrogen as cargo and marine fuel and pave the way to strategic planning for developing the required infrastructure across the globe. While the cost of bunkering facilities is expected to be higher than that of LNG facilities, primarily because of the higher cryogenic storage requirements of liquid hydrogen and the material required for tanks, pipes, and seals, the main cost components are the storage and bunker vessels, which must be scaled based on the number of ships serviced. On-site availability of hydrogen would be needed for small ports, given the lower flows and high cost of dedicated hydrogen pipelines. However, ship and infrastructure costs are a relatively small fraction of total shipping costs 
over a typical 15 to 20 year lifespan, with the fuel cost being the primary factor. The economic feasibility of hydrogen as fuel is supported by its wide applicability across different sectors, such as green hydrogen production from renewable energy and subsequent production of green ammonia, methanol, or other hydrocarbon fuels. The direct use of hydrogen for distributed generation, combined heat and power, aviation, marine and automotive applications, all the way to green steel production will also lead to economies of scale that will make green hydrogen economically attractive. So we hope you enjoyed this article from the quarter two issue of H2 Tech. And thank you again for listening to another episode of H2 Tech Talk.